Welcome in. Glad to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. Up and running. The uh, the circus that is continues on as the Jets, as I had mentioned earlier today, they camped out on Aaron Rodgers' lawn last night. The sprinklers went off at about 5 this morning. He brought them all milkshakes. Turns out it was ayahuasca. No place to go to the bathroom. All their suits are messed up. The, the, the tents are all just uh, wrecked. The checkbook, because it got soaked uh, once the uh, sprinklers turned on on his, on his front yard, you know, the checkbook was ruined. I, we don't know what the hell's going out. on. He had his hose out. It's just, it's, it's been an absolute nightmare. So uh, to bring sense and sensibility back to the program, our buddy Mark Schofield, SB Nation, now joining us on the hotline. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing well, Bill. I, I'm going to try to bring sense and sensibility, but I don't know if I'll be able to do that right now. It's been a crazy week already. What uh, what do you what is Aaron Rodgers worth in your mind? Because there's speculation. I mean, some fans feel it's like two number ones, a number two, a starting player. Others say, look, you got a guy that's not even sure he wants to come back. Maybe a second round joy, cho- draft choice and a compensatory pick. Who knows? You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's probably somewhere between those two sort of extremes. I would think you know a 23 first rounder would be at least part of the discussion. I do think maybe a conditional pick. You know, and whether it's probably even 24, you know, a third that becomes a second, a second that becomes a first, would probably be in the mix as well. Because if it ends up that it's a one-year rental, one year and around almost 60 million, that's a big price. Um, so how right. much are you as a team going to give up if it's potentially just a one-year rental? So I think, you know, that's probably the game that's being played out right now, which is the Jets. Obviously, they want to sort of you know, protect themselves a little bit. Packers want to get as much as possible, giving up a future Hall of Famer, even if it is just for one season. And you give it up, a Hall of Fame-type quarterback that in today's NFC might be enough. I mean, we've talked about this a lot. The NFC is wide open. And so you're going to want to get a lot back in return. So that's probably the the dance that's really playing around right now beyond, you know, the fact that what does Aaron Rodgers want to do with all this? Well, I, I think that's the biggest question, and I don't know if everything at this point is imminent or not. It certainly would appear that if he ends up playing, it, he most likely will end up playing in New York. But the, I would say it's not out of the realm of possibility if he comes back and says, I'm all in and I want to come back to Green Bay, that the the Packers may even still entertain that idea before it's all said and done, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think that's still entirely possible. And it becomes, you know, what is Aaron Rodgers' value right now? Does he value you know, a new challenge, a new environment? Does he value a chance to make another Super Bowl run at Green Bay? Because, again, the NFC, it seems to be a little bit more wide open than the AFC. You go to the you go to the Jets, yes, that's a talented roster, and, you know, you might become immediately the best quarterback in Jets franchise history, but you're going to play Josh Allen twice. You know, you're going to play the Dolphins twice, the Patriots twice. You've got to deal with the rest of the NFC, which is a deep, deep conference. You stay in the NFC he might have an easier path. And so what is it? What does he value most? That's a huge part of this. And I'm dying to find the answer. Yeah, I, uh, I, 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 God, I'm looking at Rogers and I'm thinking, I think he still has a lot of gas left in the tank. Uh, the last time anybody doubted him, he came back and played extremely well. I get the sense that he's going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder again this year. I, I just I, I, I got to think that the Packers, if they believe in Jordan Love, they're like, you know what, Aaron, go ahead and go. Uh, but if they have even a question, a, you know, uh, about whether or not Jordan Love can win, then then maybe you still would be trying to hang on to Aaron Rodgers. Is, does this speak loudly that 
they've hung on to Rodgers this long for for and done this much of a dance that maybe they're just still really unsure about Jordan Love? I mean, there could be something of that at play, although there's a reporter out there that seem, you know, internally is excited about Jordan Love and they're ready to move forward with Jordan Love. Whether this is all a big part of the negotiating that's happening, you know, the fact that, you know, they can say, you know, or at least put out there that, yeah, we're really excited about Jordan Love. You know, maybe that does one thing in the negotiations. Maybe the fact that they've hung on to Rodgers, maybe it flips it in a different way. You know, it will have to wait and see if a deal eventually gets done, which way the Packers were sort of leaning on this. But at some point, you know, when you look at where they are right now and you look at how long this has played out and everything that's come out about how, you know, they're excited about Jordan Love, you would think that, you know, they haven't moved Love. And so maybe that is where they're really going. They are excited about him. They're just trying to get the best deal that they can and they're ready to sort of move forward. But I, I would think that, like you said, if they're in any way unsure, and with the way the NFC is right now, Aaron Rodgers, you know, gives you a chance to win. You're still not quite positive about that yet regarding Jody Love. Um, on the Rodgers train, I guess, or at least train of thought, is there another team out there that could jump into this? I know that uh, there's been some rumors that possibly Miami could jump into the Jordan Love sweep or the uh, Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes that maybe there might be another team. I mean, but I my assumption is it's got to be a team that's ready to win and win now. Yeah, I, I think that's it. I, I don't think, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to leave Green Bay in the situation he has there to go to a team like, say, the Raiders that have some question marks, although there was a lot of speculation about the Raiders. It seems like they're going in the rookie quarterback direction. Indianapolis is one that's kind of floated and simmered a little bit, particularly last week in the combine. They've gone the veteran quarterback route a number of times. They, too, seem like a team that, look, we're, we're going with a rookie. We want to find the long-term answer, not a short-term sort of Band-Aid. Same situation down in Carolina. Yes, they've entertained veteran quarterbacks. They were in on the Deshaun Watson you know, movement last year. They put a lot about around the, the quarterback to basically put themselves in a position to develop a young quarterback. So it seems like they're going the rookie route too. So it does seem like right now it's Jets or it's Green Bay or it's Aaron Rodgers retiring. And I think the Green Bay Packers, the New York Jets are the two most logical destinations. Uh, I want to move on uh, throughout the rest of the NFL. Big news about Lamar Jackson, the fact that he is not getting, um, you know, kind of getting what he wants right now from the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, there seems to be the, the cry of collusion. How do you see it? I mean, I think a number of things are possible here. I think it's entirely possible that, you know, the team and the player have spent two years trying to figure this out. They can't come to an agreement, so they've taken this approach of the non-exclusive tag, which is in a way going to let the market set it. It's almost like going to an arbitrator or a mediator and say, look, we can't come to a decision. Let's see what the market says. Let's see if the market comes back and says, yeah, you know, he's worth, you know, 200 million guaranteed. And then the Ravens say, okay, well, Lamar, I guess you are right. And now we'll see if the Ravens are willing to pay it. So I think that is certainly a possibility. That's something Adam Schefter talked about. It is, and it was interested in the first, say, 15 minutes after this news broke that, you know, so many teams said, no, 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 we're not interested is there truth to that? Is there some smoke screening happening here? Because remember, we're not sort of in the legal tampered window yet. And given how the NFL sort of dropped the hammer on the Dolphins for tampering and forced them to give up a first round pick, maybe teams are really wary about even say off the record or not on the source and saying that we're going to explore Lamar Jackson. Maybe 
when Monday comes around and we get into that legal tampering window, maybe suddenly these teams that yesterday said, oh, no, 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 we're not interested. They're going to turn around and say, of course we're interested. It's Lamar Jackson. He was a unanimous MVP. Yeah, we're in on this. So maybe that flips. Or maybe there is something to this where owners are so upset over the Deshaun Watson contract and the guaranteed money that they said, look, we're not, we're not doing this again for another quarterback. Maybe all three factors are somehow at work, and that could be possible as well. I think we'll know more Sunday night, Monday morning, you know, if teams are still saying, look, we're not going to be in on Lamar Jackson, you know, maybe the Ravens have their answer, maybe there is something to the collusion idea, but if we wake up Monday morning to the news that, hey, Atlanta, they're in on the Lamar Jackson contract, or other teams like Washington, which I think is fascinating because you can see the Dan Snyder angle, there is that ESPN report that he viewed the opportunity to acquire a franchise quarterback is one of the things that could save his ownership stake in the team. Lamar Jackson would fit that mold. Would, would Dan Snyder try to get in on this? So I think we'll know more Sunday night, Monday morning. Uh, also, we've got other quarterbacks. Daniel, uh, Daniel Jones getting a big, massive deal that many kind of really raised an eyebrow to. Was it worth it? I mean, obviously, if you're getting paid, somebody feels you're worth it. But, boy, that was a big contract for a guy that had uh, basically one decent season, and he's had a lot of optimism, but nothing really been achieved. Yeah, it's a big deal with the initial, um, you know, sort of price tag. There was some sticker shock there. When the details came out, it seemed to take a more of a, this is a two-year prove-it kind of thing, you know, because a lot of it was, you know, it's like, smaller money up front and he's going to have to sort of prove it over the two years also getting this done freed them up to use the tag on Saquon so those were the two big question marks and also I mean we've talked a lot Bill about how price of quarterback play is just going up and even an average quarterback you're going to pay for that player and with respect to the Giants with where they sit right now because they made the playoffs they weren't going to be in the range of drafting one of the sort of big four in this draft class and so you have a good enough quarterback that has given you proof of concept with, with which how the offense can work under Brian Dable, you're going to have to open up the, the open up the checkbook a bit. And that's what the Giants faced. It's, you know, similar to what the Saints did with Derek Carr. It's capable, at least there's proof of concept quarterback play. You're going to have to pay for that in today's NFL. Talking with uh, Mark Schofield, SB Nation, and uh, you were at the Combine. I wanted to ask you, so there was obviously some very impressive performances, some performances that, you know, they always say, you know, somebody's rocketing up the big board or somebody's falling in their draft stock and what have you. What do you learn at the Combine? I mean, you take a lot of it with a grain of salt. Take Anthony Richardson, right? There's a lot Mm -hmm. of discussion right now that, look, you know, we knew he was athletic. Yeah, that's true. We did. We did see that on film, but... The performance he put in, you know, the explosiveness, the 40 and all of that stuff, it's better than we expected. Yes, we knew he was a good athlete going in, but this is better than we expected. And so you wonder, you know, how does this actually raise him in the eyes of NFL teams? And I think it does. And I think, you know, there have been questions about, well, what does the vertical jump mean for a quarterback? What does a broad jump really mean for a quarterback? He's not jumping to throw. No, but... It's that explosiveness as an athlete, which for a quarterback translates to torque in the throwing motion, which translates to velocity. And what does that mean on the field? It gives him an extra half second to read out a defense before making a throw because he's explosive enough that he can generate velocity on throws so he can take that little bit more time to confirm with his eyes what he's seeing. That's huge for a quarterback. That's huge for a young quarterback learning the game. So 
the way that Richardson tested is certainly going to help them. But a lot of the big stuff happens where we don't see it. The medicals, the interviews for Bryce Young when he stepped on the scale. It was a big deal. When he walked out to the podium Friday morning, everybody was trying to get a look at what shoes he was wearing and how tall he really was. I mean, we were all doing it. He measured in 5'10 and an eighth, over 200 pounds. Yes, he's still an outlier at the position, but it's within the realm of what we've seen recently. So I think that was, I know it's just a measurement. He probably's not going to play at 204, probably plays closer to 195, but that checks boxes for general managers. And so there are things that we learned from what we saw in the testing, like Richardson. There are things that happen behind the scenes with players like Stroud that might matter even more. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, some guys I think can come in and surprise and maybe be a little bit better than what they expected, or they can run much slower, you know. But ultimately, I I, I still say, look, if, if your determination is coming based off of the combine, unless some guy walks in and has absolutely horrific character issues, uh, I think what you do is you just look at what they've done on tape and how explosive they are and what their capabilities are and what conference they played in, the competition they played against, and that's the st- still, to me, the best decision-maker of all, right? Yeah, and I mean, the, the entire evaluation process has shifted a little bit. And, you know, the combine numbers and the tests and their data points, but they're just pieces to the puzzle. And a great example, I was actually talking about this this morning. Cooper Cup a couple of years ago ran like 4-6 at the 40. And, you know, people thought that was probably too slow. But what did the Rams do? They looked at, you know, the tracking data that was available from what he played on Saturdays and what he was – practicing at the senior bowl that showed he was always the fastest player on the field you know there's a difference between track speed 40 speed and game speed on an nfl sunday or a college football saturday so it's one part to the puzzle it's you know uh, a way to sort of check your data check your evaluation you know you see what you see on film you have an understanding of how explosive and athletic and fast the player is during the game then you can sort of use the 40 to sort of reconfirm that, or if it's a little slower than expected, maybe he had a bad day, maybe he had a little bit of weight, who knows, but it's one part to the puzzle. Ultimately, from where I sit, and I think for most teams fit, fit, you know, film is the really sort of the starting point. You use the extra data to sort of, you know, fill out the puzzle, fill out the valuation, but what they do when the ball is snapped and when the, you know, the pads are on ultimately is a big part of the story. Back to uh, the Packers. So let's just say this deal does go down. Packers get an extra first-round draft choice. Packers, we know they need a safety. We can't can't ignore it. We know they need additional weapons. You could use additional beef up front. Uh, Give me your thoughts. What would you do with that if you're the general manager? Would you package up a first-round draft choice to move up in the draft and get somebody you really covet, whether it's a weapon or a big defensive lineman or such, or would you just stand pat and kind of wait and see where the board falls? I mean, I, I think you're like, let's say it does go down with the Jets and you get their pick at 13. Now you're sitting at 13 and 15. Um, you could go in a number of different directions. You could come up a few spots if there's a player that you like, you know, hypothetically. Say there's one of the linemen that you like that you're looking at and they're sliding a little bit. Like, say, Brock Jones out of Georgia. You could go get that player. If there's a safety you like, say, Branch from Alabama, 13, 15 might be a little bit too soon on that, but maybe you really like that player and you feel like it, you know, through free agency, you haven't addressed that need and it's a more glaring issue when the draft rolls around. You could go in that direction. You can move down with one of those picks, accumulate some extra capital. If you think about some other positions they might want to address, there might be value to be found in, say, the 20 to 80 range of this draft. You pick up an extra pick or two in that range. 
it might be a good way to add even more players that could contribute right away. One of the conversations, I feel like this conversation happens, Bill, every combine, but it was certainly a big conversation last week in Indianapolis that the value in this draft might be in that 20 to 80 range. Picking up an extra pick or two in that in that bracket might be a smart move as well. Good stuff as always, Mark. I appreciate it. And as we get closer to the draft, I'll touch base with you, okay? Sounds great, Bill. Always a blast. Have a great day. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Mark Schofield, SB Nation, joining us for a couple of minutes over on the hotline. Always good to get Mark on the program and kind of pick his brain. He was a guy that, like I said, was actually at Combine, also has a lot of thoughts on this whole thing with with Rodgers and the Jets and you know, just, you know, everything that's spinning right now. So uh, great to get his his commentary on all of this. So thanks to him for joining us for a couple of minutes. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Quick Trip. They have got right now, and I just saw this today, that uh, there was uh, a friend of mine who came over from Minnesota and does not have a quick trip up in his area. So I actually shouldn't say over. He came down uh, into Wisconsin and uh, came across the border and loaded up on some of the fine Wisconsin beverages and uh, filled up the tank and got the chicken strips, which he loves, I love. And then, then headed back. Said, I can't get this beer over here in, in Minnesota, so I'm coming to Wisconsin. Stopped at a quick trip and uh, loaded up on the chicken. Personally, I think the chicken strips are the best thing about it. But uh, if you're going to wash it down with some of uh, our own fine beverages and ale, there is no better place to go. That's our friends at Quick Trip. Always go to Quick Trip. Use your Quick Rewards card. And I wouldn't be surprised if you loaded up on bacon as well, although limited too. But uh, bring the whole family. Everybody goes in, gets a couple things of bacon, you're good to go. And just have a bacon feast. As that's on special now, too. So check out our friends at Quick Trip. And always, much like I do each and every day, damn near, use your Quick Rewards card because at some point it gives you one of those nice surprises, either a little less pain at the pump, which you can use right now because gas is going up again, or you get yourself a free burger, something, something that always gives you, makes you smile when you leave Quick Trip. That's our friends at Quick Trip. Use that Quick Rewards card. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back, hour number three of the Bill Michael Show. Thanks so much for uh, joining us, as always. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Stoley's Hog Alley out there in Oconomowoc in Summit. And, uh, man, they finally have, uh, I was out there yesterday in the area. I drove past, and uh, they got all the railings and everything up for the upstairs deck now. So they are anticipating summer like many of us, and I'm looking forward to it. The upstairs outside deck. Man, once that's done and uh, finished, that'll be uh, just beautiful. Can't wait. Can't wait for motorcycle riding season, all that kind of stuff. So, good stuff. Um, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, uh, go ahead and give us a shout. Uh, this one's from Art, who says, uh, Yes, we are all tired of the Aaron Rodgers talk, but you know as well as we do, we are all waiting to hear some final answer as to whether or not Rodgers will or will not play. For the Green Bay Packers. Uh, right? Uh, he also says, uh, go Badgers coming up tonight. Uh, Badgers coming up. What's that, a 5.30 tip time supposedly tonight, Ben? And yes, Big Ten tournament? 5.30. Yeah. Yeah. Badgers are two-point underdogs the last yep. I checked. Um, 
Yeah, I look, uh, they just need this one. They're not going to the NCAA tournament, at least a consideration without this. We're going to talk more coming up with Mike DeCourcy of the Sporting News and Big Ten Network coming up here after the bottom of the hour. So stay tuned. We'll talk, we, we will divert away from some of the Aaron Rodgers stuff and such, and we'll talk a little bit more uh, about that coming up here in just a bit. So um, just just an FYI. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, Travis says, Packers should trade Aaron Rodgers to the Bears where he can then become the first player, owner, and stroke his huge ego in Bears history. He already owns the Bears. We know that. Boy, they'll miss that rivalry, right? Won't have that anymore if he moves on. Uh, this is our buddy Stephen Richfield says, Good day. You brought up the fact that LaFleur sounds borderline idiotic so he doesn't offend Rodgers. If Rodgers does indeed go on, do you think that he changes his approach with Jordan Love? Do you see him being more vocal and more demonstrative? Boy, that's a great question. I, I do. I see Matt LaFleur being more of what we saw out of Matt LaFleur the first year. At least I would hope that he can then not necessarily flex his muscles, but he can breathe, you know. Now it's just about coaching a team. You're not worried about – you always have to worry about the egos. You always have to worry about the camaraderie, the the feel inside a locker room. That, that That's always a given. But I think that you have such a large figure in your locker room that you that is – you know, I know Aaron Rodgers always says, oh, I don't listen to the white noise. Yes, he does. He's 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 proven to be unbelievably sensitive to the white noise. You know, a lot of guys don't even say anything. They just go about their business and, and walk away. Rogers speaks of it, and and Mike Clemens has alluded to this numerous times, where he'll bring it up on his own on McAfee about something, some slight that nobody even knew about that is just out of nowhere. And you talk about a guy that, that listens to damn near everything. Um. And pretty much has. Now, on one hand, it's what drives him. So you appreciate that. On the other hand, you and I both know there are times you just, you know, just let it go. It's like, you know, what's being said is true. You know, um, my dad always told me, you know, hey, if, if, if your boss or somebody's saying something and you don't like what's being said, then work harder. And that's true. You know? And if Rodgers doesn't like them talking about the future, doesn't like them criticizing his play. But if it's true and you didn't have a great game and you missed a couple of reads, you know, you don't need to throw a guy under the bus. But you can just say, you know, hey, offensively, we were a little off today in certain areas, you know, uh, a couple of mix up here, you know, whatever. I mean, it's least you're being more honest about it and not saying, well, you know, uh, we got to look at the tape and it, that, that's unacceptable, but we'll get better. And But but there's no, what's unacceptable? Play calling? Not not getting the, the running back the football? Is, is, is that you calling that? Is that Rodgers at the line of scrimmage? Is is it that the running back doesn't want the ball? I mean, I mean, what what what's unacceptable? Yeah, you know, missed a couple of plays here, missed a couple of blocks here, missed a couple of passes here. Yeah, that's pretty much the culmination of the game. Okay, it's, it's honest. 
some things don't need to be said. You don't need to go, boy, Aaron, again, man, missed that guy. Had he just put it a couple of inches higher, a couple of inches lower, a couple of inches above the ground or whatever, you know, you don't need to go that into detail, but, you know, maybe he becomes more of himself the way he was for that guy that went running down the sideline to tell him to throw the effing ball rather than hanging on to it, run the damn play, stuff like that. Yeah, I, I'd love to see more of that. Absolutely. He said, I also agree with one of your callers that said that he thinks that the deal is, was in place prior to the Jets contingent going out to California. I don't think that the Packers would let the Jets go out there just to, quote, talk to him. I think the compensation is on the table and agreed upon in principle. Could they be waiting to announce this due to final details of Rogers' salary and who is paying what? Uh, as mentioned yesterday, one way uh, or the other, this saga is coming to an end. As much as I thought he would stay, I am almost glad that he is finally running out of the uh, out, sand, running out of the hourglass. And now that we uh, all think that he is as good as gone, it will be a disappointment if he decides to stay. Lastly, uh, if this does happen, do the Packers take a quarterback in round three through seven of the draft? Do they go look for a free agent like a Gardner Minshew? Uh, and that's our buddy Stephen Richfield. Uh, if Rodgers stays, I think love is gone. I think love is traded, and yes, they have to go find themselves a backup. And then maybe there's somebody in the draft this year, next year, whatever, that they would take a flyer on. Uh, but that's the other thing is that this draft is not overly quarterback deep. So unless you get another first-round draft choice for Jordan Love, which I just don't think is going to happen, I think it's a second round at best for Jordan Love. But if if do I think that Rodgers is gone? The majority of me, yeah. And that changed, obviously, in the last 24, 48 hours. Because I kept thinking that, you know, if Rodgers really wanted to come back and was all in, that he'd be back. But, like I've been saying all along, if they felt that, one, Jordan Love was ready to go, I mean, really believed in him, and, two, got the sense that Rodgers really doesn't know what he wants to do and wants to hem and haw and blah, 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 you know, then they probably would say, you know what, time to move on. You know, we want the commitment. And and I go back to what Brian Gutekind said. He said, one, when we signed this contract, we weren't in it for one year. And two, we expect a return on our investment. Those two statements spoke really, really loud. Those were the shots over the bow of Aaron Rodgers saying, dude, we didn't sign this for one year. We're tired of the hemming and hawing. You've got to be all in it. And if you're not, then move on. And that's why I was hoping that Rodgers would say, you know what, I'm ready to go, I'm coming back, I'm, you know, all that. And just it's it's doesn't appear to be happening. Which if that's the case, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with that. Because the last thing you want is somebody that's not 100% in the door. If you've got one foot out the door and your commitment to being in the door is still wavering, then, yeah, you know, nobody needs that. Nobody at all. And maybe, you know, I, I know some of the other reports today said that, you know, from what they heard, now I don't know who they're quoting on this, but they even said Roger still is contemplating the possibility of retirement. Again, you know, and, and uh, uh, Jack says uh, there they're, they're go the Packers pushing another quality quarterback out the door. No, I no, nope, not this time. They have given all you got to do is say you're coming back. That's it. 
If Favre says I'm coming back, it changes the dynamic. If Rodgers says I'm coming back, I'm all in, it changes the dynamic. All you got to do is say I'm coming back. The one thing you've learned in any area of business is if you're really, 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 really good at what it is you do, your company, your boss, your manager, whatever, will, will give you leeway. But at some point, they make the decision if you won't. That's it. And then when you look back on it and go, God, I can't believe he didn't chase me out the door. I can't believe he didn't beg me to come back. It's because they're tired of it. All you, This is on you. All you got to do is say, I'm back. And they go, okay, great. That's it. I get at the end of the season, you want to get away for a couple of weeks. You want to go just not think about football. You want to go enjoy yourself. But he was still doing McAfee, still top of mind. I had a, I had a, a buddy of mine yesterday that texted me that said, hey, I hear that he's still not sure if he even wants to come back. I, I said, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not in his head. I couldn't tell you. I don't know what is and isn't true anymore. I don't know. And his question was, what would make his mind up yesterday versus the day before versus the day before versus the day before? I have no idea. I, I don't know. You know what your money is. You know what you're getting paid. You know what you got to do. You know the, you know what it takes for you to, to come back. Maybe if you're sitting there waiting one day to wake up and get out of bed and go, okay, now I got the motivation to work out again. Okay, I understand that. But you also have to understand that I'm laying here in bed today and every the world, the rest of the world's moving on. The sun came up. It didn't. It did not come up because I wait. I got to wait on a decision. The only time the sun didn't shine was the day that I was the four days I was in the darkness retreat, and I was supposed to see the light then. I, I don't know, but I you know to blame the organizations. Ted Ted knew what he had in Rogers. He was ready to get rid of Favre. Him and Favre weren't seeing eye to eye anyway. But again, Favre will tell you. Favre has said to me. I, I should have just said I'm coming back. Favre told us that when we did the retirement uh, discussion on the stage up there at the uh, the convention center in Green Bay. Said I should have just said I was coming back. Made them make the decision. Because he said I still wanted to play. He knew how Aaron, how good Aaron was. Aaron can say, oh, man, God, at the end of my career, man, I wish I, uh, boy, if I'd have just stayed in Green Bay, I wanted to play my rest of my career as a Packer and on and on and on. Shut up. All you got to do is say I'm coming back. That's it. You get caught up in the drama and the circle and the spin and the media and the discussion and the glorification and, and being up there on that pedestal looking down at everybody until you realize you're all alone. And then what? 877-867-1670. Ben, before we go to break, I want to know what your your what you have up your golf sleeve. What oh. is the big announcement in the world yeah. of golf? I didn't forget about it. I was just winding down a little bit of discussion and or but no, I wanted you to get to it. There's a lot happening, but most importantly, if you turned on the players last year, you noticed a curious golden figure. That was programmed into the broadcast that would appear in random places and play the holes. And when it got rainy, he would go and squeegee the holes. He, he was rather hilarious. And people were ripping the coverage because the dude looked like an idiot. He would, like, recreate the tiger putt <laughs> and everything. Right. But going into this year, people were excited. It's like, okay. And they called him Goldman or Gold Boy. 
It's like, all right, Gold Boy, it, the trial run was horrible. What can they do? Can they actually go all out and make it more stupid? Well, unfortunately, news came out today that Goldman is dead. Oh, jeez. Yeah. There's, there That's will, not good. There, there will be no gold man on the broadcast this year. No gold man on the broadcast. Well, that's kind of sad. It's it's very sad, Bill. Croaked off. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, Didn't see that coming. You're coming to Madison for a meeting in a couple hours. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to make it to that point now. <laughs> Listen, gold man was a, was a pivotal piece of the viewing experience. He was an icon. For two days. Yeah. There you go. Okay, Goldman so may gold not, man. probably will my, not be there. My thoughts are with the Goldman family. Okay. Ben Kenny bringing it. Goldman, no more. <laughs> wow. Okay. There is. Oh. There aren't many people better at changing a topic. I'm telling you, you that know? was like, that was depressing. That was a kick to the beanbag right out of the, uh, what is the, right out of the, 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 the fun and frivolity. That was just, you know, I was, I was lathered up and I wanted some big breaking news in the world of golf. And instead you <laughs> dropped the gold man's dead. Just like, wow. Just it's like throwing a brick in the water, man. <laughs> Compared to the Roger stuff, which is just heartwarming and positive and happy Things of that nature. Okay, there you go. All right, uh, let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Goldman's dead, man. Why wake up tomorrow? I'll tell you that right damn now. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Stenny's Second and National Walkers Point. They're running shuttles to everything downtown, running shuttles to Brewers games when they're back at home. Just keep them in mind. Stenny's Second and National Walkers Point. Best wings and such you're ever going to put in your mouth, but they have upped their game in all their facets of food, whether it's pizzas, mac and cheese, you name it, and the Bill Michaels garlic cheese bread and the award-winning Bloody Marys. That is our friends at Stenny's. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 